This podcast from Teacher is supported by Monash University. Check out their new podcast, Let's Talk Teaching, and join the conversation with leading academics in teacher education. downloading this podcast from Teacher. I'm Jo Earp. Welcome to episode four of the School Assembly podcast series. If you haven't heard this series before, it's the podcast that explores what it's like to build a school from the ground up. And this year, season two, we're following Jo Kamazato and her lovely team out there at uh, Beaming Secondary College. As you can hear, I'm on my way to see Jo in person again. It's great to catch up with her again because the last one was over Zoom actually. Um, so it's nice to see her again today. And uh, the topic will be um, putting together the school mission and vision and uh, values. So obviously with no existing school and you starting from scratch, it's going to be really interesting to talk about you know the inspiration for that uh, what kind of thing she's drawing on and um, and also everything links back to that so you know when you're trying to sell to prospective employees we talked about recruitment in episode 3 and we were saying then you know really going back to that mission statement that vision that's how you're trying to sell the vision of the school the school's a dual campus um, uh, secondary college it's out in Truganina which is just north of Melbourne in Victoria it's a government school and um, due to open its doors first day of the school term in 2024 so we're getting to the pointy end really um, but uh, yeah looking forward to speaking to Joe for episode four and uh, this will be our chat that you hear coming up now I hope you enjoy it Okay, Joe, it's good to catch up with you in person again because last time was via Zoom and it's never as much fun, is it? Let's face it. Before we dive into today's theme then, episode three was all about recruitment. Um, how's that going? Yeah, it's good to see you again, Joe, in person. <laughs> um, look, we have made some solid progress. I have employed um, up to 38 staff for next yes. year. Um, that's a combination of education, support staff and teachers. We did crunch all the student choices for Year 10 semester units and that means we actually still need a few more teachers. So I probably need another four teachers. Mm-hmm. Good to hear. Okay then, so the focus for this episode then is the school mission, values and vision. So we mentioned in our last chat that because this school doesn't have a history, it doesn't exist yet, it's not up and running. So that vision and mission, really, that's what you're using to sell to um, prospective teachers and uh, support staff. So, so I was thinking this is exciting sort of phase of developing all that, uh, this brand and um, what it stands for, uh, what the aims are. What's the starting point for that as a principal then? Yeah, I think for me it's really important, and I've mentioned this before, but you've got to find out what the who who's in the local community that the school will serve because I mean all schools have visions, mission statements, <laughs> values, you know, you just have to do a Google search and you'll find all across the world different versions of the same thing. But the irony or the actual 
point is that you've got to reflect, I think, the community that you're serving. Mm -hmm. So I always start with, well, where's the school opening? Who lives around the school? What's the profile of the families? Where am I, Where are the students going to be coming from? Um, you know, what's important to these families and young people? Because I think that's changing as well across, mm-hmm. you know, society. What happens at the local council area? You know, what do I need to consider that will help shape the mission and the values of this school? So that it, it, it's not about what it, it's not just about what I think. It should ring true somehow. So you're sort of doing like an educated guess mm-hmm. and based on some research from where the school's going to be based. Mm-hmm. Does that get you to think about, you know, what are my own values as a principal? How, what, what is my educational philosophy? Or is that kind of like, it doesn't really work like that anymore? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it does work like that. But I'm not, I don't think I really have a high level academic answer. I mean, I always try to keep it really simple. Like, what do I want for this young person when they finish school at the end of year 12? Well, I'd like to hope that they leave the school with literacy and numeracy skills, you know, the ability to self-regulate and manage themselves, that they can form friendships and relationships with people um, and that they go on to contribute to society the way that we would like society to be and that they also have the ability to problem solve in their life. So that's, suppose, really what drives me. And then, look, your mission and your aim, that does have to reflect that. But it's not doesn't have to be complicated. Beaming Secondary College, and it's a government school here in Victoria. Does I'm fascinated by this question. Does the state education department do they give you any guidance on this kind of thing? I mean, are there guidelines about what you can and can't put in your? Does it need approving? How does it work? Hundred yeah, <laughs> percent. So, um, basically, all new um, schools, all of us as principals, are supported by the school registration. Um, and school provision team within mm-hmm. the Department of Education. And I found that process has been quite um, seamless this year in the sense that we're allotted people that help us as we go through particular policies that we have to write. And they do have to meet um, the VRQA's um, guidelines and the minimum standards. So that's the Victorian Registration and Qualification Authority. So it's a big, <laughs> big thing. We rather just say VRQA. Yeah. And they do have the final say in the end. And they can oh. push back and say, you know, your context across all these policies isn't consistent. You've said one thing here and you're not saying the same thing over yep. here. So what is it? What are you actually doing at this school? Or, yes, we can see a theme running through the school which reflects seemingly the community and the evidence that you've provided or the data that you're relying to make your decisions on and we're comfortable with what you have written. Um, Then there's also very standard policies. So things like child safety has to have certain things in it. So we do get support from the Department of Education around editing and just guiding us, not telling us what to write. Mm -hmm. It's more about guiding us and asking questions. Um, I noticed this when I read through it. Is that what you mean? And you might go, yeah, or you might go, uh, no, no, that's just a spellow. I didn't mean to leave that sentence there. And then we get a final okay from, you know, VRQA. Okay, so that's really helpful as well. And particularly for people who haven't done it before and, and you're lucky in the sense that, you've, you know, you've, you started a school, 
you've you've been founding principal at the school before. But for those that are like fresh into it, it's really useful to have that. But useful for everybody as well. So let's go through the school's values, vision and mission then. The values, uh, you've got four values there, respect, excellence, innovation, community. The vision's very much about that individual growth from, from whatever starting point that is. Uh, which again kind of struck a chord, chord with me. So it's all students will be empowered to achieve their individual best learning and well-being outcomes. The learning, growth and achievement of all young people will be underpinned uh, by creativity, innovation and commitment to respectfully work together to create a sustainable future for themselves and their families. So it's all really about that individual growth, isn't it? Wherever you join the school. Yeah, I think, you know, there's no doubt there's been a big shift in education over the last few years where it's very important for us to understand that one size doesn't fit all. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm also not wanting to appeal to people just generally. I'm actually wanting to say to students, and I imagine it this way. So, you know, is this your individual best? What else can you do for yourself? How else can we support you achieve what you need to achieve? So personalising it even on that level... Um, I think what struck me as you were reading it out too is that for me, you know, and we talked about this a little bit in the last episode, learning and well-being is very important. Mm -hmm. It's not just about learning. Yes, it is. But it's also about well-being so that when a person completes their schooling, to me, that's the beginning of your the rest of your life, really. Sometimes we forget there's so much emphasis on education at high school. Hey, you know, we're just trying to help you out. Then you go out there and you've got a lot longer generally in life than what you have at school. Mm-hmm. So for me, getting that balance right, and I think that's why it's in that statement. Um, but there's things in there that maybe people might go, what does she mean by sustainable future for themselves and their families? And that to me is about, again, looking forward. School is about, you know, getting you ready, like I said earlier, to go out and live your best life. And I'd like to hope that everyone that leaves school is going to have some kind of family, no matter what that looks like, you know, whether it's made up of friends or partners or blood relatives, but they will have something for themselves that they can create and that it's sustainable so that they're supported through their lifetime. And I wanted to sort of, kind of somehow embed that in the language of the school mm-hmm. and, and then tell me a bit about the the mission as well um, you say that you want to foster a learning community identified by high expectations a commitment to evidence-based practices and a deep pride in the school values the college will promote a strong sense of community by building strong home school partnerships and welcoming all students from across the local neighborhood all students will be supported to develop their identity by differentiated pathways while acknowledging that their individual cultures and personal identities are sources of strength. Yeah, I was very, very particular about putting the word um, individual culture and personal identities in there. Um, For me, culture, community and personal identity should all be identified as the strengths of our young people. And I've actually come to understand those words and what they mean a lot more over the last three or four years. I've I've actually sought out help from people like the Centre for Multicultural Youth and I've actively listened to podcasts because I think, you know, acknowledging people's, people's culture and that they can all come together under one school culture but still retain their personal identity could perhaps be the key for us to continue to build a successful society here in Australia. And I I wanted to say it, you know, I wanted to make sure it was there. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, you know, 
we have to respectfully try to do better at what we're doing all the time to strive to improve and we have our indigenous people who you know have been in this country on this land for over 40,000 years and then we have people who've arrived two months ago and that's sort of what makes up this new school and I wanted to try to capture that in in some words somehow and hopefully that'll ring true for many people. Mm-hmm. And and that idea of uh, working from yeah strengths a strengths based um, uh, vision instead of you know what are the deficits looking at the strengths what is it you bring to this experience what do you bring um, to the work that we're doing the learning that we're doing um, tied in with all of that then is the branding element of the new school I guess again it's an exciting thing to have this blank slate there you've got. Naming, yeah. colours, <laughs> logos. The word beaming then, that's a Bunurong word, isn't it, for ringtail possum. There's also a significance in the logo that you've created. Can you can you describe that logo and the meaning behind that for listeners? Yes. So our logo isn't the possum. I need to make that clear. <laughs> and I'm not saying that the possum won't feature somewhere um, in some of the visuals of the school because I'm going to leave that up to some of our students to unpack that a little bit more. But I, the logo started, if you like, way back to when I applied for the position. Often principals are asked to do a presentation and prepare something for the first 10 minutes of their interview about, you know, their vision around this new school. And that's your opportunity, I suppose. And, and it's a prompt for you to go away. You should go away and do some research. Think about what it is that you're going to help set up and establish in the community. And at the time, I was very aware that there were students coming in from this sort of unique thing we have in the outer west of the prep to nine schools, Mm -hmm. and that they were coming in from three main prep to nines into year 10. And then on the junior campus, I had the more traditional collection of all different year sevens coming in from different primary schools. And even at that beginning, at that presentation, Um, before I was even, you know, offered the position, I was explaining that there were, I really wanted the school to symbolise people coming together, to actually acknowledge that everyone was coming together. And so the logo is actually made up of sort of organic parts that come together Mm -hmm. and look like a circle. Loose, It's loose. Um, Some students have told me it looks like an exploding basketball, and I'm okay with that. Like, that's okay. (laughs) I think it's good that they see things in there. Um, But the reality is it is about young people coming together from around the neighbourhood and that reflects one of my values, which is community. And even though it's really important for our our students and our community to unpack the values, when you register the school and do the policies, you've got to sort of pick some values to put forward. And for me, community is very important. And one of the last little dot phrases I had explaining what community was, from my point of view, was that we are going to make everyone welcome who comes to the new school. And so that logo symbolises that. Everyone coming together, being one, one school, many cultures, dual campus, but one school. And the colours are intentional too, because, you know, logos are important. They live for a long time. They live on a uniform for a long time. I always think like this, what's going to sustain a few years, you know? And I also felt... What's going on around us? What is society valuing more and more? And so the logo colours are pretty sort of earthy. They represent the earth, the sky, the sun, nothing complex there. But it, it does sort of say, you know, we're, we're joined, we're all here together and 
the logo speaks to our landscape, waterways and sky. And I, I think it's turned out to be okay. We did get some of the community to vote on different logos. I had the opportunity to um, show different prototypes of the logo and different ideas that the graphic designer came up with. And we showed community members at the um, initial first meet and greet that we had back in August. So we had these logos up and we said, you know, what do you think about them? Vote if you like and give us your viewpoint. And to be honest, this logo was, the logo we went with was the one that had the instant response. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a good sign too, that people are just responding to it organically as well. Mm -hmm. No, we like this one. Mm -hmm. doesn't mean they could tell me why, <laughs> but they understood it. And when I've been um, moving around to the different schools and talking, talking to year six students and year nine students, I always explain the logo because they're part of the pieces that are forming that shape. Mm -hmm. And I've found that all the students have been, you know, they nod their heads, they're really listening. <laughs> they kind of get it. So I think, all right, we've hit our mark. Hopefully it'll be around for about 20 years. I can't say what happens after that. Someone might come along and review and revise. Although, like I said, uniforms... Branding sticks around for a really <laughs> long time. So I think you've got to be careful. You've got to think ahead. It does. And I'm thinking, like, you know, we all have read those stories about really big companies and they go on a logo redesign, don't they? And they just change the font or something. It costs them millions. Yeah. So you no. don't want to be going down that route, no. do you? You've got to be careful, I think. <laughs> You're listening to a podcast from Teacher Magazine, supported by Monash University's Faculty of Education. Listen now to their new podcast, Let's Talk Teaching, hosted by former teacher, Associate Professor Rebecca Cooper, as she invites teachers and alumni with a range of educational backgrounds and experiences to share their insights and discuss practical topics to help you develop and grow as a teacher. Um, oh, there was something I did want to ask about a school uniform, talking of school uniform. Do you have to, and I don't know whether we've talked about this before. Maybe we have, and I have to scratch this. But anyway, um, do you have to sort of agree with other principals? Because you don't want something that's going to be too close to something else, do you? You don't want the same colours as another local school. Yes, that's a good point. Now, we haven't actually talked about the research behind logo and school uniforms. Look, some of the new principals kind of shared their initial mock-ups of the colours mm -hmm. of their uniforms. Mine wasn't ready when they were doing that. But they did sort of say, these are, this is what oh, I've chosen. Okay, so some people <laughs> got in first, which I was like, oh, no. But the reality was I wasn't interested in those colours, so that was okay. Um, I did my own research around logos as well. Like, it's really important to have a look around all the schools nearby in the, you know, the wider Western network that we're in and sort of go, okay, you know, I don't want it to look like someone else's. I don't want the same colours. It's not fair on the students or the other schools. So I think everyone probably did a bit of their own research. The same way you research values and people might go, what? Well, you still need to make sure that the words make sense to people. And so, you know, and you don't want exactly the same values that another school up the road has. Although I will say that I think the majority of schools have the word respect in there somewhere. And I, I think that's absolutely understandable. But at the same time, you know, values have to be unpacked by the students and by the community. We pick a word, what we believe it should mean. 
but you want to sort of lift it off the page a bit more. But yes, there are some principals who got in very early <laughs> with their colour schemes and, you know, possible um, logos. See, there's always a hold up over the, the official name. So some people were sort of getting worried about, well, what will the official name be? Yeah. Um, but I wasn't concerned about that. I wanted a more symbolic. I didn't want, you know, an animal. So it didn't matter whether it was going to be called possum or something like mm -hmm. that. I'm dealing with secondary students and sometimes secondary students aren't keen to have animals emblazoned mm -hmm. on their uniform. I'm not saying all of them, just, you know, I was sort of trying mm -hmm. to read, right. re read the scene. <laughs> That's my view. Read the scene. Read what's going on out there. But um, I was just more interested in what it could potentially mean. So we were able to go ahead and sort of come up with these mock ideas before and then add the name later. That was okay. Mm -hmm. I think it's really important that the students start to own some of this. Mm -hmm. So like I said, yes, we have values, but the first bit of work is finding out what they mean for the students in their language. Mm -hmm. um, I think artwork and signposts around the school that the students have in, student voice and agency in is also very important. And I might have mentioned earlier, like, we intend to have houses, but I haven't named those houses yet. Yeah. I haven't done anything about designing what that is because mm. I actually think this time around, and this is where I've had the luxury now of and the privilege of doing it twice, the students can do that. It's okay if that takes, you know, half a year. I think they should have ownership and research. What should our houses be called? I have an idea, but it doesn't mean that that's what the students want to do. Mm -hmm. What kind of symbols should we have for our houses? What colours should they be? Mm -hmm. And um, I'd like to, yeah, I'd like to have them have the input into all of that. Mm -hmm. Great. That's good. That's how you sort of uh, get that investment in it, isn't it? And the school community and, and the sense of belonging as well. That's an important part of that. Okay, then, um, before we finish then, actually, we're down to our last uh, three usual questions since last time we spoke. We've got proudest achievement, biggest hurdle and key learning. Yeah, look, proudest achievement, there was actually quite a few, but I will say that we had um, an inf information evening last week. There were two sessions, one around six o'clock, one after seven, so parents could book in or families could book in which suited them before dinner or after dinner. It was on Halloween, so I wasn't sure who was going to turn up, but a lot of parents thanked me because they didn't actually want to have to deal with Halloween, and maybe that's one of the reasons they turned up. But look, it was really successful from the point of view that um, over 150 parents turned up for each oh, wow. session, which was great. And the reason I say it like that is, you know, you're kind of just, the only form of communication you have is quite limited with the families. You're pushing out emails. You're not sure if people are reading them. Mm -hmm. You just push them out, you know. Occasionally you might get a response or a question via email. Someone calls the school mobile number. And then you ask your local schools if they will just um, push out the flyer, if you like, through their electronic um, management systems. But that's all you've got. So you don't know if people are reading anything. You don't know if they're going to book in. You don't know if they're going to show up. Mm -hmm. And so I actually was really, I think, slightly overwhelmed at the number of people that came in. Um, we had some new staff there, which was great too. They came along and volunteered their time. Um, we were able to produce, Sam, Sandy and I, a package for parents, you know, detailing some of the key things for next year, um, uniform, um, parent contribution costs, um, what kind of device students should buy. And so that felt very professional as well. But the reality is I thank the parents for reading the emails. You know, I said, look, thank you. Thank you for actually 
reading and and responding because that makes me feel like there's people out there because you know otherwise you don't get to sort of know what they what they how they're interpreting that so that was a really great achievement good Big, biggest hurdle should we do yes that's me i'm the biggest hurdle oh this god. time so okay. um, what i mean by that is i'm i'm needing to find time to think and plan mm-hmm. it's been it's getting very hectic mm. i feel really embarrassed to say even after months of having time to organise this school that now I feel like I'm running out of time. But the reality is that some things you can't do until certain points of the year. And so this is now the really pointy end. Um, It's not like our build is finished yet. We know that our due date is the 20th of December, so that makes it really tricky too. Um, January is going to be really full on. But I need to take some time to have alone time to plan um, because the urgency is growing and I've got to try not to panic. That's not good. So I'm just acknowledging I am the hurdle. Yes. Okay. yes. Keep calm. And, and key learning. Yes. Key learning. Look, this sounds a bit contradictory, but I continue to do this. I'm the hurdle, but it's important. And I, you know, recognize this to tap into others, get other people or request other people or see if they'd like to help you out with things. So last Thursday and Friday, um, I had two days together with the assistant principals and some of our leaders for next year. And I invited a retired principal called Greg Sperling, who does a lot of facilitation um, for schools. He coaches principals. He works with the Victorian Academy of Teaching and um, Leadership. And he does an amazing job. So he came in and facilitated um, the team, which included me. I didn't want to facilitate that. I wanted to be part of it, to get to know the rest of the people that I've employed. And he sort of worked on what is our moral purpose and what are our trademarks as a team and what do we want to be known for? And what was really fantastic was at the end of it all, we came up with our own sort of purpose. But I, I was probably the only one knew that out of the seven people in the room, and our business manager participated as well, which I think is equally very important, that when we stepped away from it later and I had a look, it sort of matched our vision. Yeah. So there you go. So that made me go, right, this is terrific. Pretty much everyone's on the same page from the beginning. And maybe that takes it all around back to the beginning where when we advertise our positions in the department, we just have this blurb. It's called the location profile and you provide information in there about your school. And that's where I've listed some Um, key things like the vision, the values, um, I suppose frameworks that we're going to work with and some of those key words are in that and I think that people have, some people have definitely applied because that's kind of resonated with them. Excellent. So much going on. You're right. It's so busy at the minute. It's just just keeps coming and coming. We are forever grateful for your time. Uh, Most appreciative of that and for taking, you know, time out to speak to us each month just want to squeeze another episode in before the end of the year so i'll be back annoying you again shortly um but until then um best of luck with everything that's going on keep calm and carry on um thank you very much joe thanks joe that's all for this episode thanks for listening if you want to keep listening now then you can access podcasts in our archive you just head to teachermagazine.com to access those or wherever you get your podcasts from if you could do me a massive favour as well if you could leave a review 
on the podcast channel. That would be awesome. Helps people like you to find the podcast. And uh, it's also a great support for the team. So thank you for that. You've been listening to a podcast from Teacher, supported by Monash University. Listen to their Let's Talk Teaching podcast for valuable strategies and insights on the challenges teachers face today.